You are listening to the Reality Steve podcast with your host, Reality Steve. He's got all the latest info and behind the scenes juice on Zach's season of The Bachelor and interviewing some of your favorite reality stars. Now, here's Reality Steve. What's up, everybody? Welcome to podcast number 331. I am your host, Reality Steve. Thank you all for tuning in. Another good show for you today. Good buddy of mine, Dave Neal, is going to be on this podcast. We're going to talk about a lot of things. We're going to talk about Zach. We're going to talk about that tweet that Barstool Rhea sent out yesterday. We're going to talk I think, a little bit about charity season of The Bachelorette. We're going to talk about spoilers in general. We're going to talk about accountability, which then leads into a interesting discussion that I'm sure we'll have a subset group of fans out there talking about all day long. And we're going to talk about a couple of other things, including something coming up this Friday, since I will be meeting Dave for the first time in my life this Friday as I you are listening to this. I'm on a plane to California for the weekend. I've got my fantasy baseball draft. Very important stuff. And uh, I'm going to hang out with Dave on Friday. We're going to record something for you guys. So that should be fun. Anyway, we will get to that momentarily. I don't want to um, spend too much time in the open here going over anything. I just Some particulars that I, I will I will shorten. Number one, the Daily Roundup is out. It should be in your podcast feed already. The Sports Daily is out, which is loaded with some gambling information in regards to how to maybe help yourself determine who you want to bet on tonight and tomorrow night in the Sweet 16 with some notes and against the spread trends from teams that are playing tonight and tomorrow and some of the coaches that are playing that are coaching tonight and tomorrow. But short version, charity season started filming Tuesday night. I thought it was going to be yesterday, but it did start filming Tuesday night. Now, we know it was raining in L.A. I don't know what the weather was in Malibu. It's different. Where they filmed The Bachelor is not, I mean, it's a, Los Angeles is huge. So I don't know where they were, but I was told it was pouring all night Tuesday night. So be really interesting to see, did they put a tarp over everything, at least the driveway, so nobody got wet? I don't know what they did, but I heard the weather was very, very rainy on Tuesday night, and charity season started filming Tuesday night because I can tell you yesterday was the off day, and today dates start, and tomorrow's date and Saturday's date are both public dates, so we'll see if stuff gets out. Sometimes it does, sometimes it doesn't because Friday and Saturday's date, they are asking people to attend those dates, but even when those happen, sometimes information never gets out because you're supposed to leave your phone when you check in. So, and they don't allow and they don't want pictures to be taken. So, just because a crowd is going to be there doesn't necessarily mean pictures are going to get out. Sometimes they do. Back in the day, it seemed like that wasn't even an issue. They let everybody bring their cameras. Now, past seasons, they're saying uh they're they're very hit and miss it. Remember the um football date for Zach season? barely any got out and there was a whole crowd that was invited to come to the game, but they were told we don't want any pictures taken. Did some sneak some? Yes, they did, but not very many got out. So 
Just keep that in mind. We just don't know. We won't know until the day ends Friday and the date ends on Saturday if or you know anything's going to get out. Um, I will, because I'm going to be out of town this weekend, anything that I hear, I will post on my Twitter feed and my Instagram stories. So keep it right there for as much info as I can get you. And then Dave and I talk about uh, Zach and the polarizing figure he's been this season. And also we talk about spoilers and accountability because Dave went through something earlier um, during Paradise season that he uh, inevitably ended up apologizing for. And um, he explains that a little bit, exactly what he said, what happened in case you forgot uh, what went down this summer. So that's an interesting conversation, which, of course, leads to we talk about accountability. You know my thing with nameless, faceless people. I can't stand them. They can sit there and say whatever they want, whenever they want, no matter how wrong it may be, and nobody holds them accountable. But there was an instance recently with a influencer who had a whole thread of people dedicated to her on Reddit, just destroying her name, her likeness, her career. And she not only called them out, uh, she called them out by name, age and job and where they live. And I absolutely fucking love that. And that's going to be my mantra going forward. Not like if you disagree with a take of mine or whatever, I'm talking about if what happened to me back in October happens again, which is for you don't, for you that don't know, there are people on Reddit that got involved in my personal life and tried to prevent something that was happening in my life by contacting people at the Miss Dallas pageant trying to get me off the judging panel. I bit my lip. I mean, I said I wasn't I, I, I said I wasn't happy with it and I called them out for it, but I'm saying right now I have a new I'm I'm taking a new stance going forward if it happens from this day forward where someone gets involved in my personal life because they just don't like me. I suggest thinking twice about getting involved in my personal life. That's all I'm going to say. So I go into it more with Dave. You'll hear that. And then you'll hear our little surprise for everybody that we're going to have uh, coming up this Friday. So keep that in mind. <clears throat> this podcast is brought to you by Earth Echoes Island Bliss, the energizing effects of a green drink, but with this sweet tropical taste of the island. You know, there's this demand out there for superfood drinks a lot of people have them. It's a convenient way to get energy-boosting antioxidants, minerals, phytonutrients, and a whole host of other energy-boosting superfoods. But what's happened is the taste sucks. You know, it's chalky. You don't like that chalky taste in your drinks. Well, that's why Earth Echo made the Island Bliss. It's so easy to use. All you do is just mix one scoop into your favorite smoothie, shake, glass of water, whatever. Stir it till you smooth, till it's smooth, then enjoy it. Feel the energizing benefits with each refreshing sip. Now you get the benefits of a well-balanced superfood green drink, but with a taste that will leave you craving more. I absolutely love the Island Bliss. I've talked about the Cacao Bliss in the past. The Island Bliss just as good. You got to try it. It's energy boosting. It's mood supporting, gut nourishing, dairy free, gluten free, soy free, and non GMO. Go to shop.earthechofoods.com slash reality Steve and use promo code reality Steve. That's going to get you 15% off everything at Earth Echo Foods. Remember, if you don't remember these URLs, you can find them at the show description wherever you listen to your podcast. Just click on the link, shop.earthechofoods.com slash reality Steve, 
and use promo code REALITYSTEVE. That's going to get you 15% off everything at Earth Echo Foods. Also, so you've probably heard of microdosing. If not, just know that all sorts of people are microdosing daily now to feel healthier and perform better. I've got a friend who, since I got involved with microdose, has said, you know, he's having trouble sleeping for years and they've tried everything. Well, everything except microdosing. Kind of an old school guy. It took him a little while to come around, but once I kind of explained the point, it wasn't about like getting high. It's just getting some relief. He was open to trying it out, and now it's working. He's finally sleeping through the night. He absolutely loves it. Our show today, sponsored by Microdose Gummies. Microdose Gummies deliver perfect entry-level doses of THC that help you feel just the right amount of good. Just like I said, my friend had had trouble sleeping, but it also helps with anxiety, sleeping, pain, even helps in the sex department. You don't want to miss that one. But the biggest benefit, like I said, for my friend has been sleeping. Definitely had trouble sleeping through the night. Microdosing gives him just the right amount of THC, and he's sleeping like a baby now. And he said, Steve, I I thank you. And I was like, hey, don't thank me. Thank microdose.com. It's available nationwide. And to learn more about microdosing THC, go to microdose.com and use code REALITYSTEVE to get 30% off your order plus free shipping. Remember, the links can be found in the show description wherever you listen to your podcast. You don't have to memorize what I just said. But this one is fairly easy. Microdose.com. Use promo code REALITYSTEVE, and that'll get you 30% off your first order plus free shipping. All right, let's get started. Here he is. Dave Neal, podcast number 331. Okay, let's bring him in. Uh, he is a YouTube content creator for uh, all things Bachelor-related. He is also a stand-up comedian. He's got a daily podcast now called The Bachelor Rush Hour. It is Dave Neal. Dave, what's up? Oh, I'm just ripping you off with that daily content now. <laughs> you like that? Is it is it fun for you? Are you enjoying it? How do you, how do you like the daily stuff? Well, here's what I like. Since I'm on the West Coast, it's kind of nice because I get content later in the day anyway. Like, you know what I mean? So I'm still done by 1 p.m. my time. And if there's any stories that come out that I missed earlier in the day, I can just tack them onto that. Yeah. So you do your stuff the day of. I record my daily roundup 11, 12 o'clock the night before and just pray that nothing breaks between midnight and 6.30 when it posts or whatever. And if yeah. it does, then I just, you know, I have to do it the next day or tweet about it. But, yeah, I mean, that's – I just – I don't want to wake up in the morning and have grovelly voice and, <laughs> and, and do the podcast because then it takes me, you know, time to record it and then to label it and all that stuff and then to upload it. it I wouldn't have it up by 6.30 a.m. unless I was waking up at five every morning, and I'm not going to do that to myself. Oh, yeah. I mean, like yesterday, I was literally in the middle of recording my podcast, and I saw that Clayton released a statement about what he thought about Zach in the Fantasy Suite, and I was like, I'm a me- I literally got it to my audience before his audience probably heard it, but <laughs> that's just kind of like the name of the game. You know, you're trying to like, compete with all these crazy TikTokers who just whip their phone out and make content all day. So I-, I wanted to start with Monday night, uh, the episode, because obviously – Monday night's episode has become a polarizing episode, to say the least. It's all anybody's talking about for the last few days with, you know, the boundaries that he set for himself, breaking the boundaries, going to tell Katie when she didn't even ask, all this stuff. You know, my here, here's my stance on everything. I think 
I think a lot of people are having a hard time separating real life from show life because I think we can all accept the fact that if this happened in real life, it would be an immediate breakup. Like if you had a, a girlfriend and you got engaged to her and she found out after you got engaged to her, whether it was a week later or a month later, hey, about a week before I proposed to you, I slept with somebody else, she'd probably dumped you in three seconds. But that's, that's real life. That's not the show life. And I thought what Katie did when Zach told her was about the best reaction I've ever seen anybody give on this show, which was like, she didn't say it word for word, but she basically laid it out there like, hey, I know what I signed up for. I know what the show is about. I know if I make it to final three, there is a possibility that the lead will sleep with more than one person. I just don't want to hear about it. Period. End of story. And I thought she handled it great. What is your take on the whole thing? You know, actually, it's interesting because Hannah Brown talked about this on this podcast last week when it comes to disassociation. And that's why Hannah Brown has been successful because she's able to disassociate from like, you know, she's able to pretty much compartmentalize. So, Katie it w- wanted to disassociate. She wanted to put her fingers in her ears and put her head in her sand and say, la, 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 which is totally healthy. Yeah. It's, it's like that healthy. Whereas Zach's got this like liar, liar thing where he has to tell the truth. Um, and it's just like, bro, just because this works for you doesn't mean it works for other people. And that just goes to show he's still at that age where he thinks because he thinks of things a certain way that other people do as well. That's why he's got like such a lack of empathy and he's stone cold because like he thinks we can read his mind, but everyone's different, you know? Yeah. And I think that he just, as Katie said to him, like you didn't, you know, I didn't want to know that. Like she didn't ask if she would have asked him, Hey, before we move forward, either tonight or future down the road, if an engagement is possibly going to happen, I need to know if you were going to have, if you already did, because she already knew she was third, I need to know if you had sex with any of the other two women. If she would have asked him that and he answered and then she lost her shit, then I think it would have been on her because it's like, wait, you asked him. You can't be mad. But she didn't. (laughs) She didn't want to know why, why he just voluntarily offered that to her. I mean, to me, my reasoning is this. Dave, he knew he was picking her and he felt guilty. That's why, because if he knew he was picking Gabby, why would he in the million years tell Katie what he just did? He would have no reason to because he knew his girl in the end was Gabby, and that was their little thing. That was their secret. So he almost like gave away the ending of the season by doing what he did to me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And plus, then you have to go, like like any sort of interrogation you do with your lady, as soon as she gets some information, she's going to want more. So now she's going to go, well, like, if it was me, did you know it was me when you banged Gabby? You know what I mean? Like, it's going to yeah. go to that, like... Or, or were you on the fence and you needed to see if uh, you could be convinced otherwise? Like it just it gets to that like where where is the where's at what point did he know who it was going to be? And at that point, you for sure should not be dating anyone else if if you know. Well, if Katie does ask him that or did ask him that post engagement, if his answer wasn't I didn't know, it better be because if he says oh I knew it was you, I just wanted to you know then he's in trouble. I can't imagine you know, he answers that honestly. Oh no, 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 no! You know, and it's hard for it's hard to be honest with yourself because you you always we all think we're the le- we're the leading person in our own story, right? So like we know we have our best intentions, but obviously we come off bad in certain circumstances. I know you had a uh, Dr. Diane on your podcast, and she she has that beautiful saying like we're all like tea; we don't know our flavor till we're dropped in boiling water, yeah. and. 
And the same thing is to be said about the bachelor audience where everyone's like, I give everyone grace until the moment things like this happen. And then everyone's like, ah, he's crazy or this or that, or Gabby's this. And, and we all just start throwing out these crazy terms because like we're looking at it in, a, in trying to rationalize it into a real life scenario. And this is not a real life scenario. And I really think that, you know, we, you and I both know that, you know, Gabby, just had to shut off her comments on her Instagram because people were attacking her. I don't. I didn't see what they were saying, but my guess is it stemmed around the fact that in her ITM she was like hinting that oh well, let's see if I can change his mind or whatever. I mean, if we're really jumping down women's throats because she makes kind of a flip comment about well, you know, if he changes his mind, I wouldn't, you know, I wouldn't disagree with it or whatever. I mean, come on, I can't believe people are getting on Gabby for that and saying that. It's her fault that he broke his boundary. I mean, shut the fuck up with that. That's garbage. Well, yeah, because people, like, like we said, they watch it on the same timeline, like all the events are happening at once. And it's like, first of all, the producer's probably chumming them up, saying, and what will happen if he decides not to have sex? Not like that will happen. <laughs> and then they go, well, in that case, I'll have to show him a thing or two. Like, you have no idea the tone in which the producers are asking these questions. You know? Yeah, and I didn't even think – I thought Gabby's tone was more joking. She wasn't like, look, I'm telling you right now, I'm changing that man's mind. I'm fucking him tonight. Like, it, it wasn't it – didn't, it didn't come across that way at all. It was just like, you know, I, I wouldn't be – I wouldn't mind if he changed his mind. Like, I'd be fine with that. Like, it was more joking. This wasn't like some major seduction that she pulled on him. It doesn't I, – I was so annoyed by the fact that she had to shut off her Instagram comments. It sucks for Gabby. I don't understand it at all. Katie basically came to her defense today with her with her posts telling everybody, hey, back off. Like, she's a great friend and, you know, love her to death and all this stuff. Like, I – God, I wish Bachelor Nation wasn't so toxic, but we know they are. And it's just so easy to make past judgment on these people when you're sitting behind your computer, nameless and faceless. It happens every season, you know? It's like, yeah. when is it ever going to change? It's not, and it's honestly that's why I'm so closely following that influencer who's uh, who dug up the the accounts of 200 random trolls because <laughs> it's just like you want to know who these people are. Like we assume, at least I do. Whenever I get a troll comment, my initial and again we don't get anything compared to. I mean, you, you know, we probably get a little bit of hate, but nothing compared to what they get when there's like the you know when Blake Horseman's you know the villain or whoever the villain is gets just unloaded with hate. But, like, you imagine them to be, like, someone you would have gone to high school with. You imagine them to be, like, a peer. But chances are they're just, like, crazy losers. The ones that just take it to that next level. Like, chances are they're just, like, so far gone from society that this is, like, their weird place they vent in, in you know, and to, to get out whatever feelings they have. It's, it's really, like, really more toxic than I think people understand. I think one of the biggest things that Zach did just – from the get-go about all this was why even establish that boundary for yourself at the beginning of the week? And if you want to establish that boundary, you know what? I'm, I'm fine with it. I mean, Sean Lowe established that boundary for himself and didn't break it. However, with Zach, he set the boundary, but then he publicly announced it. Like, if he wants to keep that in his head, like, hey, man, I'm, you know, or talking to himself, like, all right, Zach, going into sex week, just don't have it. It's, it can really ruin things. It can cor torpedo the rest of the show. You're going to upset some people. If, you do, like, if he wanted to do that to himself and set that boundary, I'm fine with that. But the second he has a sit-down with Jesse and makes it public, and then he goes to each woman at the beginning or the, the dinner portion of each of their dates to say, hey, this is what my plan is, 
it just you set yourself up for failure. Like, why did he even do that to himself? It makes no sense. Yeah, and you know, you know, Matt James did the same thing, but they didn't really make a big deal about it. And of course, it, way more complicated than than a story I can share. But he probably understood the ramifications in a way that I, I think Zach. Well, put it this way: when people people were like, well, maybe Zach did this because he's a devout Catholic. And it's like, no, it has nothing to do with Zach. It has everything to do with, he knows how the audience reacted to Clayton. And he knows that like, if you're going to pick your winner, you, you, your relationship's probably not going to work out if you're having sex with the other two. Like that's just going to fracture any trust that exists in today's world. So I understand his motivation behind it, yeah. but yeah, you're right. He set himself up for failure there. Yeah. I, the, I totally understood why he wanted to tell Katie, but as Katie said, and then as Gabby said, when he went back and told her that, or when he said, I was before he told Katie, he told Gabby, he was going to tell Katie. I understand why he wanted to tell Katie because, you know, I don't want to start any relationship with, with, you know, lies or secrets, which was another giveaway that he clearly wants to have a relationship with Katie because he wouldn't be starting under a lie or a secret if he never says anything to Katie and he just goes through and was picking Gabby. So neither here nor there. But my thing with Zach was it didn't even make any sense and he didn't think of the other women involved. He thought of himself. It was a way to cover his ass because, as Katie said directly to him, put yourself in my shoes right now and... You're telling me this. How am I supposed to react to this? What do you want me to do? What do you want me to say? You know, and then Gabby is just like, great. I now I feel like now she didn't say it to him. She said it in her ITM, but she was basically like, great. Now I just feel like I did something wrong here because he's now going to tell a private moment between him and I to someone else. Maybe maybe at that point, Gabby realized, oh, shit, he's picking her. Maybe that's what went through her head. She didn't just want to say it. Yeah, yeah, because why, if, if if Zach has sex with Gabby, the next time she sees him, like some people have hypothesized, she might be thinking he's calling the other dates off. Because for him to say, I'm not going to have sex with anyone, and then they have sex, for, for all you know, she's thinking... Wow, I think I just I think I just sealed my fate here. Yeah. Um and and I don't know in a relationship what's worse than outing like su- like that sexual, you know, like that's such and this might be ticky-tacky like where in the past you might have assumed people would have sex in the fantasy suite, but I and I I don't know if you could uh, jog my memory when Nick when Nick was on the after the final rose or whatever the, the live show when he said if you weren't going to pick me why did you have sex with me yeah. was he also outing that or was that already known information I'm trying to remember I don't think it was known but I think it was just assumed that was with Andy yeah that was his first season that was with Andy and I think it was just assumed because he had gotten to the final three and I think a lot of people uh, assume that so he did out the sex on that, but it was probably something that a lot of people were thinking. But should he have done it that way? No. It was a horrible choice of words. Oh, right. And in, and in this scenario, uh, Gabby's like, she's like, wait, why do you? Like, he could have told Katie in the fantasy suite. There really is no, he could have told Katie he had sex with Gabby in a way that the audience didn't know. And for some people, if everyone's different, but for some people like that plausible deniability means a lot to them and their families and you know, whatever. So yeah, you wouldn't want to be like uh, Gabby's parents right now where they're like, Oh wow, this is fun. We didn't sign up for this discussion. Well, one of the things that Clayton said that I was a little confused on when he was just like, 
People are Clayton was saying, hey, people are like, why don't you tell Katie in private? There is no privacy on this show. I was like, wait a second, Clayton. I, I, as far as I know, your only privacy on this show is the overnight date. There's no mics on and there's no cameras running. So that would be the time that he would tell her. Now, granted, if Zach is about to have an overnight date with Katie, the mics are off. The cameras are off. Seemingly, their clothes are about to come off. I don't think that's the right time to be telling Katie, hey, before we <laughs> before we do this, uh, I need to tell you something. Uh, I made a vow, and I broke it. I already had sex with Gabby. I, there's no way he's going to tell her right before they're about to have it. So it's almost like we almost need to hear from Katie on this after the final rose of all we have to go off of is what she told him in the jungle. And my get my sense is from her answer was she was absolutely fine with Zach doing whatever he needed to do before the final rose ceremony. And if he ends up picking her, which we know he does, she says yes, and she has no problem getting engaged, knowing that there was a possibility he may have slept with somebody else a week before he proposed to her. That was my impression that I got from her answer. Did you get the same? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Uh, she could, because at that point she had not heard of the, I'm not going to have sex with anyone else. Only Ariel had kind of, uh, or the, the, uh, the, uh, I'm abstaining from sex. Only Ariel had gotten that speech before the, the, the worst part for me, cause I've been to these mangroves in Thailand is the fact that they had that conversation in one of the worst places you could have it in the world. It's humid. It's hot. You don't even know what's under the water. There are snakes and stuff. And they're just, they're just sitting in the water. And I'm like, this is the beginning of every horror film I've ever watched. I was, you know, like what kind of leeches were on them by the end of that? You know what I mean? I know. Because so it was like stand, it stand even, by me when, when Will Wheaton went into the water and stand by me, and it came out and <laughs> leeches all yeah. over. Yeah. And not to mention at the end, when Katie was approached by one of those monkeys, I was just in Indonesia. You know, those monkeys are nuts. My buddy was also in Indonesia last week and got bit by one and it cost him six grand in uh, rabies medication. Wow. Like, they say don't look at it and don't smile because those are like signs of aggression. They're, they're so like they, they literally just rips a monkey that that same monkey ripped someone's ear off in Ohio last week. Like they are insane. Wow. Anyway, that's a side that's a side story. <laughs> um so so here's the thing that we you had brought it up in one of your other answers and this is and this goes back to kind of the way the show used to be versus the way it is now because for years the lead of this show did this, both Bachelor and Bachelorette, got engaged to someone at the end, had sex with more than just the person they got engaged to, might have been two of the other people in the final three, or just one, and no one ever batted an eye, really. It was just accepted that if this is the choice that you make, meaning accepting to go on this show, you already know that as fucked up as it may be, if you get to the overnights and further... You are ult- and you are ultimately the one chosen in the end, there is a possibility the person you are getting engaged to had sex with someone else a week before proposing to you, and plenty of people accepted engagements under those conditions, both on Bachelor and Bachelorette in previous seasons, knowing full well it was a possibility. So in 2022 and 2023, when sex is talked about more openly and freely than it was back in those earlier seasons... It's like, why all of a sudden is it being a big commotion? I'm, I'm really confused on this was accepted five or six years ago. No one even batted an eye when people were accepting yeah. proposals and, and engagements, knowing full well there was probably sex with more than one person. Now, 
Zach announces, and we see, because he's talking about it and Gabby's talking about it, we know he had sex with someone that he didn't end up choosing, and now everyone's up in arms. It's like, I, I don't know what to think now, you know? What yeah, happened? I think it's, 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 pro- it's probably a layered thing, but I think it's a result of the sort of Time's Up, Me Too movement where, and I don't mean this as an excuse or as a bad thing, but you can see the lack of justice for whoever, the, whoever wins. So you see the finalists, and you see that this lead just banged, in some cases, several other women. And just because the TV show says it's okay, I think we realize this is kind of predatory. This is kind of, um, you've got uh, the, the person who's in control here, the lead. They just get to choose. And even though you sign up for it, it's still kind of icky so while it's okay there's no like shaming the person for doing all these consensual things i think it's just a little more ickier so there is a shame that is attached to it even if you're not actively trying to make it that way it's like somebody's going to get a raw deal someone's going to be called out online for it and it's just more complicated than this quote-unquote fantasy that we just accepted 10 years ago. Yeah, and I guess it's ickier because Zach talked about it. And it's it's like and I'm guessing Zach talked about it because a producer was in his ear. And that's what I'm saying. Like if Zach and Gabby had sex like they did in Thailand and he never says I need to tell Katie this and he just does whatever he does with Katie and the show continues and he eliminates Ariel at final three and Gabby and Katie are his final two and he chooses Katie and they get engaged at the end of this thing. Nobody's saying a word. It's the fact that it's being brought up every single time now at the end of the show. We saw it on Clayton's season. That was more about the you know him telling two women that he loved them and basically lying to their faces. It, that had more to do with the love por- potion, portion because – because Gabby and Rachel both admitted, Gabby, you know, Wendy and Rachel Reckia basically admitted the sex part wasn't what they bothered them. The fact that he had sex with both of them, they seemed to be under the whole Katie Bigar uh, kind of thought process of, hey, I know what I signed up for. I get it. This is what the show is. They're, they were way more bothered by him telling them both that he loved them, and they and they called him out for it. So... But then there, there's just been other seasons where sex has been weaponized in the fantasy suites where it's just like in the earlier seasons, it was just never brought up. And it's like, do we have to bring it up every time now? Does yeah, that's that's where I think this is a show thing. And they're the ones saying, man, I mean, maybe let's face it. Maybe Zach didn't have enough drama on their season and they wanted to throw this whole screw job into the you know the final episode or the penultimate episode and then the finale going into the finale you know having gabby's mind going a thousand different directions of wait a second now i don't know what to think and i don't know it just seems like the second they start talking about sex on this show it just torpedoes relationships it doesn't help and well i think the way we look at sex uh, is kind of archaic. So when you look at shows like Jersey Shore, they have a smush room. They're doing plenty of uh, one night stands. Nobody seems to care. On Bachelor, this is sex right before you potentially propose to somebody else. I I truly believe they would never do this, but I truly believe if the fantasy suite was the first night <laughs> that it would be less harmful because you could be like, all right, well, he banged Gabby on night one, but by night 20, he realized he was in love with Katie. It would almost make more sense in that direction. You know what I mean? Yeah, and like you said, they would never do that in a million years because then it would turn into – they would think this show would turn into smut if they're having if they're making people have sex or or influencing people to have sex one or two nights after meeting them it's just yeah we know the show isn't 
isn't going that route. But I mean, it, it just it is so interesting about how this conversation has come about. You hear you hear Susie this week talking to Nick, and you're just like, wow. I mean, I thought what she said on Nick's podcast the other day was, you know, like, Whoa, this is some big news. She basically said, like, why'd you pick me? And I was like, wait a second, I. I, I, I'm confused at what it's what Susie said about that because they tried to make it work. She was the one that agreed to try to make it work. I, I don't know. I, I'd love to hear more from Susie on this. I don't want to listen to next podcast to get that answer. So I don't know. <laughs> you Maybe you did. What is there anything more you can fill me in on that? Because I thought that was a fascinating answer that she's just like, yeah, I, he was – we were – now she's saying we were never um, compatible. Whereas yeah, earlier, so earlier I, I thought she was kind of saying like, yeah, we realized, you know, we just weren't compatible anymore. But now she's saying like, why did he pick me? I don't even get it. It seems to be kind of like some Monday morning quarterbacking for her. And I only listen to that part, too, because I can only hold my breath for so long. <laughs> but I I um, I think and I really like Susie and I really like Clayton. But I really I really feel for Clayton when she talks like that, because this guy's trying so hard. He just like. He, you know, like she left and Rachel didn't. And that's part of it. You know, it sounds archaic and like a trope to say like, oh, men just want to chase something. But part of the dynamic is like, well, you know, what could I have had with Susie and, and versus Rachel? Maybe she laid the cards out a little bit more for Clayton. And and that was um, something he wasn't 100 percent committed to. So it was almost like the pursuit of the unknown might have been better. But you know, uh, Susie took Clayton back, so they they tried their best. I always say, like in relationships, you should try to pursue all angles of the relationship because um, I do think, and this is where I disagree with Susie. Like, I do think you can be quote unquote incompatible or, or not be perfectly compatible and make your relationship work. You just need to find different areas to receive your love and different areas to spend your time. But like, I don't, I reject the idea that you have to be like perfectly compatible for a relationship. It sounds more like they, she just wasn't that into him, you know? Yeah. And I totally agree because you're never going to find somebody. I mean, look, you'll find somebody who has the same likes as you, even the same dislikes as you. Um, but every single like is the same. Like that's compatibility. Like it's almost like, yeah, you're going to like some of the same things. Does that mean you're compatible? I, I remember Jay Moore has this, this line in one of his standups that I saw years ago. And he said, everybody talks about finding their soulmate and finding their one. And Oh my God, we like the same shows. We like doing this together. He goes, you will find your compatible one when you guys have the same dislikes, not likes. <laughs> and it, and he just goes on this whole ten minute tangent. It's a really great. Uh, it's a really great part of his set that he did. This was years ago, so who knows? And now he's engaged to Jeannie Buss of the uh, of the Lakers. So <laughs> I, I don't know. Um, but that that was his line, and I was like, wow, that's actually interesting. I never, I've never heard it said that way. And he followed it up with a lot of good examples, which are just. I can't remember right now, but um, it is part of his set where he's just like, no, you have to find somebody, something that you guys hate together because you can basically like hate watch it and hate talk about it. And, um, yeah. and I was like, oh, that's interesting. But yeah, I, you know, I, I don't know about Susie. Uh, it, it really does seem like maybe, yeah, maybe she was never into him, but her saying that, yeah, it does seem like a little bit of a low blow. And I'd really... I'd really like to know more. Maybe she dove into it more on that podcast, and I just, like I said, didn't listen. 
but it really does seem like it's kind of a, a low blow because, hey, Susie, you were part of it. Like, you you came back to it, and you gave him a chance after you had already told him no in Iceland. So, you know, what? which is it, <laughs> you know? Oh, yeah, and I'm sure if they pressed her on it, she would also agree, like, oh, no, 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 like, this is what she found out afterwards. I just don't think she clarified that. Yeah. But I, because I, I, I do think Clayton and Susie, like like any relationship, it might not be the right for forever, but it was right in the moment, like, Clayton will tell you he learned a lot about himself in that relationship and you know like that's that's good to not be the same personality type because you can learn about each other and what they what you just need to do is get the recipe right like my wife and I are she's super introverted she gets anxiety over things that I I wouldn't even bat an eye at and vice versa I've got things that I work on that she doesn't and we help each other and I think most relationships that work you end up finding out where can I lean on my partner where can I take control and that relationship didn't work like most don't in bachelor because they're not really solidified in their career life in in by career I don't just mean their job but like what they're pursuing in life like like Clayton doesn't know what he wants yet and that's okay I mean gosh at his age I didn't know either so you get all these like sort of um people that enter the show because they do have the six weeks where they can take off they do have nothing better going on you you know you get these Eric Schwerers versus somebody who's actually got their shit together who can be a better sort of like trailblazer for a relationship and then once the show's over it's like no wonder it didn't work in the real world you've both never been influencers before yeah, and I think I mean you spoke to Clayton for your show, right? You interviewed him. Yeah. So it seems like I mean it, it sounds like Clayton has a better idea now. He definitely has a better idea now than he did once he got off the show with Susie about what he wanted to do with his life. It seems like he wants to go into motivational speaking and stuff like that, and and something to do in the in the fitness area and getting inspiring people like that. I I, I get the sense that that's where he's headed. That's the path he wants to go. Yeah, and it's like. You, you can't blame him for having a hard time coming to that because Susie's coming from from the space of a videographer where she's already in a creative world. He's coming from Eureka, Missouri. You know, there probably aren't too many people that are not, not not to say you don't get entrepreneurs in the Midwest, but move to New York, Chicago, L.A., Nashville, move to hotbed cities where people are creating and you realize you can have a life that's not exactly um, you know, uh, a, a corporate job with a 401k. So he, he you know, by coming from a, a, a well-paying pharmaceutical sales job, I'm sure it was scary for him. Like he said, he spent like several months creating his website and it generated like two sales. Like, and, you know, and Susie had to be like, no, try this again. Like you need, like she kind of, it seems like she taught him like, hey, you, you need to pursue this a little harder because this is like your passion. And, um, I mean, he's going to, he's going to, he's got that work ethic that got him to be a walk on in college to become a professional athlete. I would bet on him over 95% of alumni that they're going to, that he's going to find success. He's just in a weird spot where his passion became mental health because the audience fucked his head up so much. Really interesting stuff. And uh, I'm curious to see what happens with, with Clayton going forward in everything. Um, so you and I are recording this at 5.30 Central Time on uh, on Wednesday. So you get, everyone's going to hear this. You're listening to this, assuming, on, on Thursday. I think something that's very interesting that's happening right now, you've been tagged in it, I've been tagged in it. By the time this podcast goes up, maybe something will have developed. But as of this moment, we're dealing with this uh, tweet that's out there 
in regards to uh, Barstool Rhea is her name. I, she works for Barstool. Um, her name is Rhea. <laughs> I, I don't, I, I'm not familiar with, I know what Barstool is, and I know that she works for them. But she puts out this tweet uh, on Wednesday, today, and she says, I've been sitting on a hot piece of information regarding the Bachelor finale. I have no idea what to do with it, where to go, who to tell. A monster has been created within a daily struggle I'm having on whether or not to share it. And I know for a fact none of the spoiler websites have posted it because I had to look to see. I'm being told it's 100% true. I believe it about 90%. What do I do? So I've gotten a bunch of emails saying, Steve, do you know anything about this? Steve, why don't you message her and ask her what it is? And... Um, I, I think my take on this is, you know, look, I, I don't want to, I don't want this to come across as, Hey, people below me, I'm the spoiler guy. This is how it's done. <laughs> you know, I, I'm, I, I'm actually trying to give advice. You know, we already had the Instagram account earlier this year, two weeks after the finale took place in Thailand saying their sources told them that Gabby won and everybody for three months was laughing at me saying, I didn't know anything. And there I and when I did come with my spoiler, I was just going to repeat what the other spoiler was from the Instagram account back on November 30th when they put it out there. And then when I didn't, that person, all they said in return was, well, you know, glad the new information is out there. Uh, or I'm going to check with my sources and see if this is right. And then they never did anything. You know, it's just like, okay, you had a 50-50 shot of getting it right and you were wrong. And that's the biggest percentage you could possibly have to get a spoiler right when it's only down to two people. So my point being is that I think people who get information and get spoilers, they're not doing it right. They're not handling it correctly. And this is where I say, like, sure, if her thing is, she doesn't want to say anything publicly because not all of her followers want spoilers, then yeah, if she wants to tell me, I'll listen. But I'm not just going to repeat it because that's not how I post information. I would ask a litany of questions to make sure it's true. And then if it is, I'd post it. I'd say the info that Barstool Rhea told me, I verified to be true. I'm just not going to take her word for it because based on what she's posted, this sounds like she got a Dumois tip and has done no vetting or very little vetting and just wants to spill something she heard. You know, this is like, a, it's a really fascinating thing. Like, you know, we can talk about what happened with with Greg and Victoria, but that had photographic evidence. You know, we had photographic evidence. They were in Italy. So this is not that. This is someone, Barstool Rhea, saying, I've got info about the ending. But the only things we know so far that what she has said is, Number one, it's happened post-show. And number two, it has nothing to do with the final two women. So, again, I don't know what it is. I'm not going to speculate on what it is. I guarantee whatever it is, I haven't heard it yet. Because if I would have heard something this big, I probably would have either teased it or told you what it is by now. So, I have no idea what this is. But it is a really weird way to go about presenting this information as her. It's just like, Rhea, I don't... Have you done any vetting? Have you asked... Any questions? Because her own tweet says, I believe it about 90%. Well, <laughs> so that means that you're still not sold on what you heard. So that means that to me, you didn't do any vetting. Because if you got vetting, you would have gotten either, oh, okay, this is true. Or, oh, wait a second. I don't know if I buy that. And then if you don't, why even put it out there? You know, the whole thing is so bizarre.
I just yeah, you you there there's got to be some psychology to it. Like there must be a, a big dopamine rush when you receive news and then you see that no one else has it and you're like, oh, interesting. And then you get a lot of attention and all that. You know, to to relate it because it is different than the Victoria situation. But to relate it back, I did want to bring it up because I I did apologize to Victoria Fuller through DM and I am going to make a video about it, but this is probably the first time I'm talking about it publicly is that I thought that it was okay for me to run a story and I'm sure, and I'm sure you would disagree with the way I handled it because you've been in a similar situation, but I had two different sources that told me that there was cheating going on with Victoria. And I thought that because I had two different people saying it and, and it wasn't Johnny, you know what I mean? Because I had that information I thought that it was fair to run with it, even knowing I would never get a smoking gun. And what I realized was that without the smoking gun, I need to let anonymous audiences share those rumors if they are going to. It was, so it was almost like I didn't realize my own position that I was in. And, I, and I've thought about it deeply. And I go, you know what? It didn't, it didn't help me out monetarily. It wasn't about that. I could have never run the story and people would have still had the same conversations about whether or not there was emotional cheating or not. And it didn't, I just didn't need to do it. And it's like, at the end of the day, I'm a stand-up comedian who got into entertainment news, not to like go that deep. So it's almost like I saw what the boundary was. I crossed it. And it doesn't mean I, I think I had like uh, misinformation or any of that, but it was like, just because you have information doesn't mean you need to share it. it is, it's kind of my point. And, does and, it, I, and I've, I've had to learn that. And it doesn't mean it's true either. I've been told plenty of things, you know, over the years that I'm like, well, I have no idea if that's true. I need more information. And then they weren't able to provide it. So I never ran with it. You know, yeah, it might've yeah. been, and, I, and, and it might've been true. They just couldn't provide me with the information I needed to know that it's true to where then I could run it. You know? Yeah, if Bachelor alumni were able to speculate on the Greg and Victoria thing and not put their face on it, I shouldn't put my face on it. And like I, like I said, I don't have to apologize. I just think I don't have an ego about it. I think I may, I think I shouldn't have made that video. And just like I think I shouldn't have made the Joel Coleman video because in the end I relied on reddit moderators whom i don't know and i cannot trust people i don't know so it's just it, it's been it's been a lot of learning about like you just can't trust everybody you can't trust ria because you don't know what she knows now if ria told you hey steve i got this information what you know and she actually gave you more information then maybe you could could it could have a little bit more of an input but yeah face value there's nothing there till you see it did victoria respond to you yeah she did and um Gosh, I actually talked about it. It happened about an, you know, it's funny. It happened about an hour before my stand-up show with Katie Thurston, uh, which ties it all together with Greg Grippo. And I've always been like in a good relationship with Greg Grippo in the sense that um, he's, I've always had nice things to say about him. I think his, I think he's tried his best and all that, but um, Victoria, and I think I shared part of it on stage. Um, she, not, not her DM, but she definitely said she thought it was fucked up in one way or another, but like, do what you got to do. And, and my whole part was like, no, like I understand. And I don't even know exactly what part of the story she was talking about, because I still think it's a fair conversation to talk about. I just don't think I needed to like, you know, bring in whatever sources I had, if I wasn't going to be able to prove it. And I think that's where 
I, I've been hung up on like, this isn't worth it. If, if this information is like general knowledge, I'm more of a commentary channel than anything. And I, I don't need to be in that space. Um, but yeah, so I don't think there's, I mean, I'm not going to be invited to their wedding, but that wasn't my intention either. You know, like, <laughs> well, I, my guess is she, she, what the part she thought was fucked up was, I mean, she's claimed to this day that there, she never cheated on Johnny. So that's probably what she's saying. You're saying she did cheat on her. She's saying, no, I didn't. And you're out there telling people that I did. That's I'm assuming that's what she's saying was fucked up. That's yeah. And in the end, and again, not not to defend my angle, but my my running with the story was literally upfront saying, here's what two sources have told me that ha- that that are very close to this story. And. I'll never know for a fact. I, I knew this. Uh, it's like it's like when you have a character source and not like, say, a document, you have to put your trust in that character. So these weren't random people. This was not a Demois situation. But at the same time, like I said before, my apology is that it's just not content I want to be making. Yeah. And I told and then and I, and I totally see that. And that what you just that story that you just told about Victoria is basically the stance that I've taken for the last two years is. You can tell me negative stuff, and you can say you've got a story about this contestant or whatever, but unless you put your name to it and or do a podcast interview with me, I'm not running with it. And that's what we saw with Kelsey, uh, the Nate ex. She's the one that provided everything. She didn't do a podcast interview, but she provided me all that information that I needed, pictures, screenshots, all that stuff. And then when I had Beth on talking about Aaron Clancy, it was her who came to me, and I said, look, I'm not doing this. Unless it's on you. I'm just going to give you a platform to do it. And, you know, she did it. Those are the only two people in the last two years, contestants, where I have reported a negative story. And I've probably gotten negative stories about 20 to 25 contestants in the last two years. I'm just not running with it anymore. Shit, I've already got some on some of Charity's guys. And I'm like, look, first off, let's see how far they last. They might even not be relevant to even talk about this but it's kind of the same stuff. Oh, he's a cheater. Oh, he treated me like shit. He cheated on me multiple times. I'm like, great. You know, I, I, I feel sorry for you, <laughs> whoever you are. Um, I hate that that happened to you. I hate that he treated you that way. Uh, oh, he's out for clout. Okay. I, I'm sorry. That's not, that's not news anymore. When it comes to contestants on this show, they're all out for clout in some way or another. And I'm not going to out a guy on charity season because he's going on the show for all the wrong reasons because he just wants Instagram followers. That's not that's not a story anymore. I'm sorry cuz then it just looks like I'm piling on him because I don't I don't like him. And I told them that. I said specifically, first off, let's see how far he lasts. If this guy gets to final 3, then your story becomes more relevant, you know, final 2, even final 1, then we got stuff to talk about. But the other thing is you need to come forward with it. I'm just going to give you a platform. And if he's eliminated early, it's a non-story to me, you know, and that's what I'm waiting on. And, you know, I hate I hate the idea where people say, oh, you platformed so and so anybody in in this world, if they've got juicy information and post it on TikTok, it's going to go viral. Like you didn't like the girl who made up the story about Clayton uh, having sex or whatever. And she made that up. And he like he's uh, Clayton said that when I interviewed him um, and you can go back on my podcast, Bachelor Rush Hour to listen to it. He 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 said, yeah, I was going to sue her like like obviously she goes, oh, it must have been someone else. She knew what she was doing. She just didn't know it was going to go that viral. So anyone with any information can just throw it on TikTok. It'll it'll make its way to to you, to me, to whoever else. 
Um, so I hate, I hate it when people go, Oh, Steve, you're giving this person a platform or you're giving that person. It's like, shut up. Just like, we all have a platform. This isn't like 1997. Like we've all got a cell phone and we've all got the ability to gain, to gather this information. I enjoy when you interview people because you ask them intelligent questions as they, as they exist within the bachelor world. And you know what? If I didn't give them a platform, you know what their platform becomes? Going nameless, faceless on TikTok or uh, a message board saying, this is what this happened to me. And it's just like, okay, ne- then everyone immediately starts to believe it, right? I mean, that's what happens when people just post stuff about contestants on this show that's negative. Oh, this guy was a dick to me in college. Or, oh, this guy broke up with me because he, he cheated on me. I broke up with him three times. He cheated on me with three different women or whatever. And it's just like, that's what it becomes if it's nothing where... Like, look, the girls who have come to me already about some of the men on charity season, they might not be satisfied with my answer to them of like, look, let's wait to see if this is even relevant. If he's gone by episode three, I don't care. Um, Shit, if he's gone by episode six, I don't care. It's got to be somebody that's relevant to the season. But they might not like my answer, and they might take it to an Instagram account, which I wouldn't be surprised if they did, and then let those people run with it, and all they're doing is the exact thing that they got mad at me for for years, which was running with unsubstantiated and vetted information. And if you want to run with that, great, but don't be such a hypocrite And because you were the ones coming after me when I was doing that stuff. I'm telling you, I used to do that stuff. We know this. I've changed it. I'm not doing it anymore. So I would suggest you not do it either because all you're doing is perpetuating lies and lies over lies, and it's obviously giving Toxic Bachelor Nation a reason to go after contestants that we don't even know if it's true. At least with Kelsey, she sent me a Google Drive with 40 fucking pictures of her with Nate along with a timeline of when everything happened. And then when I did the interview with Beth her relationship with Aaron Clancy. Like it was, it was not, there was nothing to dispute there. If I just came out and said, Oh, I talked to Nate's ex and boy, he didn't even, he never even told her he had a daughter. People have been like, well, where's the proof of this, Steve? Uh, I'm telling you, uh, someone told me, so that's it. That's all you get. Uh, people have been like, go to hell, Steve. That's a horrible thing to do to Nate. You don't even know if it's true. And I've been like, yeah, you know what? You're right. So that's why it's like, you gotta, you gotta provide receipts in 2023 now. And in, from 20, 2006 when I started Reality Steve till 2021, I wasn't accurate enough um, with providing receipts. Sometimes I did. Sometimes I had receipts for stuff, but I did run with plenty of stories where I didn't, and it was just something that somebody told me that I believed to be true. And we're just not doing that anymore, you know? Well, let, let me ask you this, because like when a, when a comedian writes a joke and takes it on stage, you perform it so many times, you, you start to understand where you'll get heckled and you want to almost like Bill Burr is the best at having an answer to any other objections to his bit. Do you feel like the criticism that you've received has sharpened your uh, integrity and your sword as you kind of because your Kelsey story was bulletproof. I mean, you had photos from weddings and kids Sierras. I mean, you had the whole yeah. thing. Yeah. I mean, it, it, I, I think there's, there's no other way to, to answer it other than, yeah, it, it absolutely has. And, and I think my work speaks for that. Any podcast, just go listen to my podcast, go listen to read what, read what I write. It's just a different, it's just a, I, I've taken on a completely different tone. I, I've always been more pro-contestant because, you know, I've been anti-production about how they treat contestants. But I will call contestants out 
for you know stuff that I see on the show. I'm just way lighter on that now because I know how bad it can get for them because of the rise of social media in the last five or six years of nameless, faceless people on the internet just saying whatever they want and having no repercussions whatsoever. So I'm not going to call people names that are contestants on this show, which I used to all the time. Um, I'm not going to talk about physical features. I used to do that all the time. I'm just like, hey, this is what we saw on the show. Very well could be edited, manipulated, but based on what I saw, here's my opinion on it. You know, kind of like uh, the Katie stuff on, on Monday night. I was just, But that was more of a, a positive thing. I didn't have anything negative to say about Katie. I even said, like, my gosh, if this woman handles all um, all problems in relationships the way she did with Zach on Monday night, she is an absolute keeper. Like, that was a <laughs> great way to handle a dispute with something that you had. He tells her. She gets very upset in the moment. She tells him how she feels, but then she's got a few hours to cool off. She shows up for dinner, and it seems like she was over it. You know, she didn't fly off the handle and, you know, say I'm 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 out of here. Although she did say I want I'm you know I want to leave, but clearly she was talked back into staying, and and you know cooler heads prevailed for her. And while it still probably bothered her underneath the surface, it didn't bother her enough to just get up and quit on her relationship with Zach. You know. Yeah, and you know, it's so unnerving to see Katie sort of be consoled by the producer because you know that producer is going to sell her for a bag, of, you know, for a, a Christmas bonus in two seconds. But, um, you know, because, you know, Katie Thurston went a whole year not talking to, talking to her producer afterwards. Like, they feel like majorly, you know, violated for their trust, you know, in these situations. Um, but yeah, you know, you know what actually is another story I'm going to, I'm going to be covering today on my podcast is, Nick slammed, and I mean slammed. Um, Sean, is that his name? Sean, the old the guy, the old bachelor that keeps coming back. He oh, he, he basically said it. Oh yeah, I mean, in sort of a playful way, but he was like using like hand gestures to kind of uh, kind of mention that. Um, oh, Sean and his holier than thou kind of uh, way of thinking, you know, it, it blew up in Zach's face. So clearly, uh, clearly, Nick um, is probably like the. Um, in the anti Sean really, and that it didn't, you know, work out until it did. But I mean, I may, maybe I'm making a mountain out of a molehill, but that's what I like to do over at the uh, bachelor rush hour. <laughs> what well, is, it is kind of ironic that, you know, <clears throat> we know that the only bachelor who has, who is currently married to the final girl that he chose is Sean Lowe. And yet he's also the only bachelor who chose not to have sex in the overnight dates. And yet here he is <laughs> the only man married to the final woman he chose so it's almost like, yeah, maybe you know what? Maybe we should stop having sex in the overnights because all it does is is complicate stuff. You know, we, we, no. We, well, we, Matt, Matt James. I mean, right? Matt James didn't have sex. Did he not? I don't even remember. Did, yeah, did, he made the statement, and I, I'd have to dig it up. But he made the statement on the show. They just didn't make a big deal of it because you're talking about Michelle, Serene, and Rachel. I mean, that's a you know, Brie, no, the combo. Michelle. Oh, 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 sorry, sorry, Brie, Brie, yeah. Michelle, yeah, because Serene went home at four. Yeah, Michelle, Bree, and Rachel. I didn't realize he said that. I, I guess I didn't remember from his season. But I, I, I could be wrong, but I, I believe he did. But I, I guess because he didn't propose, he doesn't count. But that makes him all the more relatable to me. That I mean, that that relationship will be huge news if they break up because they're pretty. They're a great example of like a couple that's making it work. And that's three years. I mean, that was twenty twenty, right? No, no, that. Peter's twenty one, yeah, twenty twenty one. So they're two years still. That's a that's a long time for for this show, especially with the Bachelor. Considering we've had more Bachelors marry the final two girl 
than the final one girl, as Jason is married <laughs> to Molly and Ari's married to to Lauren, and they were the final two girl initially. So, and then Sean's you know married to his one. You know what's funny is that's when my channel was blowing up. Like my channel first took off with the Colton story, but then that like Chris Harrison story was so epically large. But um, you know, I was on a bird scooter, one of those electric scooters, going to the dentist, and I remember listening to you on your clubhouse, and we had not met at that point. And I was um, and this is this goes to show how you know peak pandemic it was that you were on the clubhouse. But I was like <laughs> trying to call, I was like trying to call in, and you were talking to everybody. But it was a really it was a really fun conversation you led there, and I want um, I want your audience to know that I'm pimping for Steve right now because um you're yeah. pimping for dave um soundbite is my number one soundbite now <laughs> well yeah clubhouse clubhouse had a good hot minute there for about uh, i don't know a month where it was just like wow you can just start a conversation and invite all these people in and just sit there and talk like you're on a zoom meeting at work but with a bunch of people that you actually want to talk to at a an important topic not somebody going over analyst sheets or something like that and and then it just it never took off you know and i and I don't think it was pandemic related as to why it didn't take off, because if anything, it should have taken off during the pandemic because that's what people needed. I don't know why. Do you know why? Do you have any theories as to why Clubhouse never got big? I think the technology was so basic that Twitter started one and, and then it just kind of like I, kind of I think it kind of bled it out. But like my friend Leah Lamar was like the icon, the face of the app. She was she got so big from that like right away that it actually propelled her career on, on Instagram, even though clubhouse kind of died or whatever. But I was, I was the type that was like not an early adopter. So I was just like hoping the whole ship, uh, ship would sink, you know, just because <laughs> that's the bitterness that I have. But, um, Oh, interesting. Yeah. I didn't, I remember I went on a, I, I was part of a couple. Uh, I went on a couple just to listen. I would go into sports rooms or whatever they were called and just, kind of listen in and not even want to comment and uh, I thought it was interesting I was like wow this, I think this is going to be the future of stuff and then a month later like nobody gave a shit <laughs> it was really yeah, weird you, well, yeah but you had a good hang you had a lot of alumni on there I mean you should I mean I don't know if like if you've tried to do it on Twitter I know Reddit does it now too and it's like you know you know what I actually heard Reddit do their version of Clubhouse and they had like Jason Tartik on and it was so nauseating to hear all the ass kissing from everybody when you know they would have talked shit about him if 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 he wasn't there you know what I mean Oh gosh yeah you know I I I purposely this is going to be the first time since January 1st 2023 that I say the word that spells R E D D I T. But I have <laughs> I made a vow this year. I'm not talking about them. After they tried to get involved in my personal life back in October, I'm done with those people. I don't give a shit what they have to say about anything. And I've never mentioned them once this season. So this is the first time uh, I am talking about Reddit because you have just brought them up. But no, I, I didn't know that that they did that. And you are absolutely right um, because it's just a bunch of you know a, the cesspool of garbage. Um, you know, a, a, you know, a echo chamber of negativity. That's all it is. It's nameless, faceless people that would never, ever, 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 ever put their real name behind anything or reveal their identities about who they really are and what they actually do for a living that allows them to sit on a message board for 12 hours a day and leave comment after 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 thread and thread and thread and thread and thread and thread and thread. Like, I'm sorry. There's no way you're a productive member of society if you are on Reddit 12 hours a day. Period. End of story. Yeah, and 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 they're not even like getting paid to do that. No, <laughs> it's yeah, like, it's just for fun. What, yeah, that's yeah, the other thing. What, 
would you take the um the uh private investigator like would you take the bait and find out who your trolls were that tried to get you fired from that uh pageant i'm telling you right now if it happens again i'm absolutely gonna do it absolutely 100 percent. i'm gonna do it if it happens because again. you know it's and again i've been covering this because it's so fascinating because the influencer named brianna media yeah. she found out all the names of the trolls but there's only three of them that have really come after her sponsors and those are the ones she's suing because it's like it's not it, at, at that point it's like you're taking money from me but you know people went nuts when she just said their name and where they're from. Yeah. This is Ter- Teresa Malbeck from uh, from New Brunswick, Connecticut. She's a therapist. People went freaking nuts. And it's like, oh, how does that feel? Having your words that you said now be attached to who you are. It's not doxing. Doxing is when you give out personal information like an address. It's just saying, I know who you are. And if and this is why I'm all about like a regulated social media. Because I would rather talk to people who... Uh, who stand behind their name than all the people that are out there who think they can just fart in the elevator and get away with it. I'm absolutely 100% doing it. If it any, if, and I'm not talking about, like I said, not talking about people that said they don't like my podcast or like my website. I'm talking about people that personally involve themselves from Reddit into my life. You will be exposed going forward from this point forward. If it ever happens to get to that point, I will find you. Your name will be out there. Your city will be out there and your job will be out there. So try me. So try me. Just try me. It's going to happen because uh, after what happened in October, I was so livid. Jay, Dave, you remember what I sent you about what I was going to post on my daily podcast that day. And you're like, Steve, I love this, but just expect nothing but just a bombardment of Reddit people coming after you if you release this. And I said, you know what? Exactly. You know what? I don't, yeah, I don't, I don't yeah, need to go this route. It's like the conversation you have with a buddy before you talk to your girlfriend about something. Your buddy's like, okay, let's leave this part out. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, it's, it's good to get out, get it out what you want to say. And, but, but also knowing, and look, like I, like I understand why you're so, why in some ways you're, you're salty about it because like you've, you've tried your best. You've just like I have and everyone else like found out where that boundary is with what you can talk about and where the morality is like there's there's no book written about all this and you're trying your best your, your intentions are good and i think people need to be more accepting of that yeah and i'm sitting here just saying like look uh you you were the one who turned me on to the brianna media story and i watched the whole youtube video and i was just fascinated by what she did and I was like, yeah, but this is, I mean, what she did is nothing that I haven't been calling for for years. I've said for years, I can't stand people, not necessarily just Reddit, anybody in a comment section that can just post a screen name of one, two, three, four, five, eight, nine, ten, twelve, A, B, C, D, E, and, you know, behind a Twitter account or whatever, and then just write whatever about somebody, and there's zero repercussions outside of, you know, maybe a, a death threat or a bomb threat or something like that, is I've always said, there has to be some sort of repercussions for people who do that. And, and you, Reddit yeah, is not yeah. that. Reddit is nameless, faceless people behind a screen saying whatever they want, whenever they want, no matter if it's right. Or in most of the time it's wrong, especially when the stuff that has been sent to me has been factually incorrect things that are being stated about me on that page. And I've just kind of sat here and bit my lip. But if it gets personal again, I'm absolutely going to find out who you are and I'm putting your name and city out there in your job. So go ahead and try me. Yeah. Well, you know, in like, I, I've obviously been tough on Victoria Fuller, but I defend her every single time. Someone says, Oh, she modeled for white lives matter. 
it's so it's like that's what Reddit does is they boil it down to that versus yeah. no, she modeled for a company that took advantage of a shitty slogan, uh, you know, whatever. But it's like, holy cow, do we lose the nuance of the conversation? Yeah. Um, when and it, and it and that's kind of and again, I'm not like some oh, we're turning Marxist. I'm not. I'm not one of those people. But you do get to see that people want to be compliant and be on the right side, and. So when they make you out to be the bully, they think they're better. And they, the, and again, this isn't everyone in Reddit. These are the 100 or to 200 people that are like obsessively out of those 200,000. You know what I mean? It's like a small group. It's the, moder- it's the moderators being able to curate who the good guy is, who the bad guy is through their multiple accounts. It's like, it's like, it's, and, and, what, and what corporations are learning is they don't speak for the masses. This isn't, uh, you know, it's the same thing with presidential elections. We go, oh, this guy's surging. It's like, just because they're big online doesn't mean they're big in reality. It is a different world. And, you know, we, and, and I, think, I think what happens with a lot of the, the big leads of Bachelor Nation is that they realize they, they just have to be off of it. Like, you're, when you're the Caitlin Bristow's, like, you're too big to be on that shit. Oh, yeah, because that's, I mean, like I said, it's, it's, a, it's an echo chamber of negativity. They're not there to promote people. And if it is a positive reaction to somebody, then it turns into, if you say anything negative about that person, then you're just absolutely attacked. Cause trust me, the things that I've been sent and the threads that I have read when they are sent to me, I'm like, I cannot believe there is a section of society that participates in this. These people need to be not be able they should not be able to reproduce. They should not have driver's licenses. They should not be allowed to vote. These people are fucking insane. And so it's just been my take on them. And, uh, you know, and then I was just like, then it, you know, what went down with me in October with them when they got involved in my personal life, I'm like, oh man, this is, it was infuriating to say the least, but anyway, they weren't successful. So that's what made me, uh, even happier. Um, Dave, I know you gotta go. So thanks for coming on. I really appreciate it. Maybe we'll get some, um, resolution to this barstool Rhea thing by the time, uh, this comes, um, we can promote this, um, I'm going to be in California this weekend. I'm going to see you on Friday. We're going to do some video. Is it going to be? Um, is it going to be like um, podcasters? And uh, uh, on a pre- uh, podcasters in a Prius pontificating things like, like similar. Oh, it's going to be good. Yeah, it's going to be good. I'm going to have the short version on YouTube, and I'm going to put the long version on my podcast, Bachelor Rush Hour. So you just wait, and we're going to cruise around LA, uh, strap some cameras to the Prius, and uh, we'll see what happens. <laughs> yeah. So instead of comedians and cars getting coffee, we're going to go with podcasters in a Prius pontificating about whatever. <laughs> even, though you, even though you don't have a Prius. Do you have a car that starts with a P, or do you have a Prius? Uh, my, yeah, no, we'll be in the Prius. I got a Prius. Oh, you do? <laughs> I was totally guessing on that because I just wanted something to ride that started with a P. Oh, shit, I didn't even oh, know yeah. that. <laughs> oh, that's right, a hybrid Dave. Yeah, so I'll have that on the podcast. Oh, and also, I'm going to share, I wanted to tell your audience this because I, I don't want to announce it publicly because I don't want the haters to come. But I'm going to share a clip of my Q&A with Katie Thurston from our live stand-up show. I'm going to share it on the podcast today on Bachelor Rush Hour. It's going to be highly censored because she we had to like cut we had to like cut it off. It was like getting I was I was shocked that TMZ didn't pick up on the story because she was like oversharing and I was like I think we're going to get in trouble. But I'm going to share a clip of that um, on the podcast so so uh, if anyone's listening for this they can go check that out if they want yeah go check that out on bachelor happy hour today thursday right that's no, going on bachelor, thursday bachelor rush hour. <laughs> whoops <laughs> no you're, you're not becca kufrin or michelle young sorry about that uh, <laughs> bachelor rush hour on thursday right that's when it's going up 
Yeah, that'll be up uh, afternoons. I get it up by 4 p.m. East Coast every day. Okay, cool. All right, go check that out, Bachelor Rush Hour, and then you can check him out on YouTube, the Dave Neal channel. Dave, thanks for coming on. Really appreciate yep. it. Great talk, and I will see you in a couple days, man. Thanks so much. We'll see you in the Prius. Yep. All right, bye. Thank you so much to Dave uh, for coming on. He obviously was outside of his car the last probably 10 minutes of that. <laughs> it started getting a little difficult to hear, but I, I, I could hear him. Hopefully it comes across fine on the podcast. But um, yeah, you know, something that I mentioned there at the end, uh, you can check every single thing that I've written since January 1st of this year and listen to every single podcast I put out. I have purposely stayed away from even mentioning um, Reddit at all. Um and I, you know, knew that Dave was going to bring it up and talk about it. And then because we were going to talk about what Brianna Media did. And I loved it. I loved absolutely everything that she did. If you haven't spent 40 minutes of your day, go to YouTube and see what she had to deal with um, and see what nameless, faceless people behind a screen can get away with until they're called out on the carpet. I, I absolutely loved it. And and I'm not even just saying this uh, for Reddit people. I mean, if anybody start spewing shit out about me, about my personal life out there and are hiding behind a screen name to do it, they are going to get outed. I'm I'm not putting up with shit anymore. I let October slide uh, because it ultimately didn't affect me in any way, shape, or form, and I'm glad that their effort uh, was completely shot down and basically laughed at uh, for trying to get me off of a judging panel for bullshit. So um, it had nothing to do with anything and, you know, they try to involve themselves in my personal life. So I'm just like, okay. But going forward, absolutely. Now that I've seen what Brianna Medea did, uh, Media, however you pronounce her last name, after seeing what she did, I have absolutely no problem with finding out who is behind certain accounts, whether it's an Instagram account or whether it's a Twitter account or whether it's a, a Reddit person. Uh, hiding behind a screen name, I will absolutely put your first and last name out there, a picture if I can find one, and your job and where your city is uh, if you dare fuck with me. So, like I said, just try me. Anyway, thanks today for coming on. I really appreciate it. Please rate, subscribe, and review uh, in Apple Podcasts. It is very much appreciated. This is our weekly podcast, number 321. Holy shit. We're back tomorrow with yet another Daily Roundup, and Sports Daily. That will be recorded from my hotel room um, tomorrow in Manhattan Beach. But um, I'll be in California, uh, and so that one will be from my hotel room. Maybe there'll be some information that have come out from the first night of charity season, which is Wednesday night and uh, Thursday. Today is a move-in day, so Friday will start dates. There's a public date on Friday. There's a public date on Saturday as well and on Tuesday. So... Keep your eyes and ears open for that. Thank you all for listening. Really appreciate it. And I will talk to you tomorrow. See you.